Dylan Clayton, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you, Dale. How are you? Good, good, good. <laughs> the pressure is on because we got a hell of a lot of questions. I know you've been reading them, and um, pretty every- overwhelming to be fair. Yeah, and then and and just for everybody that did post, we're just not going to get round to it. This is the most you know popular, I think, already. Um, at least everybody wants to know what you've been up to. You're you're quiet on social media. You kind of you know you're not out there as you know since since your racing days. And uh, I I still get questions like where's dylan what's he doing why didn't he come to america so lots uh lots of questions and like say i think uh this is this is going to be a good one so um yeah i guess before we start going backwards a little bit uh what you uh for those that don't know what you're currently doing at the moment so um i've worked for the british cycling federation for the last 10 years the first nine years, I was um, part of a, a program called Go Ride, which is uh, pretty pretty similar to what you do with your um, Ride to End Obesity program, working in schools, introducing young people to the sport of cycling. Yeah. Um, and in the last 10 months, um, I am now British Cycling's new national talent development coach for BMX racing. What does that because obviously we've got free freestyle involved as well now <laughs> oh yeah so you, you're not getting involved in the freestyle are you uh well i i just keep getting phone calls from from my boss going i need i need help i need help <laughs> so right. uh, it's 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 going pretty well the freestyle stuff we've got some really good people involved i just tried to um point them in the right direction um you know obviously it's getting the right people involved is a is a priority so uh, i think we've managed to do that so we'll we'll see how that affects the sport <laughs> yeah what's your what's your day today look like then when you're doing your coaching and stuff um so as a co-ride coach i was pretty much coaching um four four or five days a week in schools um feeding um introducing young kids to the sport um whatever the um, it was i was a, a bmx specific go-ride coach so i worked in schools around british cycling bmx clubs feeding those young people into those clubs and help um, and and supporting them clubs um, uh, creating a structure coaching structure and helping the the um, BMX coaches become better BMX coaches if you like so it's a pretty cool job just riding bikes with with young people all day you know not really not really a job yeah but but so you literally take your bike and you still play around yourself right um, not not my bike, but I I I'd ha- I had a uh, I had a vehicle that's got like twenty five BMX bikes in there and set up you know paint the picture on the playground on the fields. We even had some schools like really buy in and you know there's a few schools in the northwest that have got like uh, mini BMX tracks in their in their school. That's so which good, is yeah. Pretty cool, yeah, yeah. And there's yeah, so, so many pump tracks in England. Like I've said it numerous times. When I look on Facebook and I see a pump track here and a pump track there, like yeah. it seems like. And, and you know, from the 80s and 90s, it, to ride a bike now, it seems like there's lots of opportunities now in England, right? Yeah, there's loads. Um, but, uh, you know, rather than it, I, I'd rather BMX racetracks, you know, there's a there's an end product to all that. You know, there's an outcome to it. You know, you can be part of a club. You can, you can go on to race, um, you know, club level, regional level, national level, international level. Uh, riding a pump track can possibly just be a fad in your life and then you know you move on yeah well cool let's uh well i'm sure what during the questions we'll get a bit more into current affairs with you 
Um, so let, let's go back to the start. And uh, me and you followed the similar kind of paths, yeah. apart from you won everything at the start and I didn't. But uh, we both <laughs> kind of started at the same time. And, yeah, Robinson getting on uh, Mongoose. So, yeah, tell us about those early days, how you found BMX, you know, Wigan, the local scene, and all that great stuff. Um, so my first vision of, of, of BMX was a, a kid riding past my mum and dad's house on Christmas Day on a, on a bike that I've never seen before. I'm like, what is that? Um, I can't remember. The, I know his first name was Simon, but, it, you know, that was my first sight of a BMX bike. I think that was 82. Um, 80, Christmas 83, I got my first BMX bike. Uh, it was a Cycle Pro blue with yellow OGK mags, you know, the, the suit, like it'd be worth a fortune probably now. Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, um, and from there, kind of just used to ride in the streets. We had such an, like amazing scene where, where we lived. There was already, you know, like three sisters, um, BMX club, which are, are very, you know, probably January, February of 2000, um, in fact, no, thinking of it now, I raced, I, um, I must have found that before because I raced Boxing Day. I used to have a Boxing Day race, um, and I raced that on that Cycle Pro on Boxing Day. That was my first bike race at Three Sisters. Um, and, yeah, pretty much kind of snowballed from there. I used to ride. So Three Sisters races on a Wednesday. Because in those days, like in the northwest of England, you could race, you know, Monday was like day off. You could race Tuesday, um, Wednesday, Thursday, and then obviously race at the weekend. So I used to ride there from my house. It used to take about 20 minutes. Um, and, yeah, race. I thought Wednesday, we'd have quarters on a Wednesday. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, big scene. Um, and then um, quickly from there, people – um, started saying to me, you know, you, that's not a race, but you know, you need a better bike. Um, and I, I did actually think of this today. So, um, I asked my dad, there was someone selling a bike at the track and I asked my dad could I buy it. So that was the first time he came to the track to look at this bike. And I bought a Torca, um, 280X Ooh. off Matt, off Matt Doran. Yeah. That's who I raced. <laughs> yeah. I raced Matt. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Torca yeah. support. Yeah. Yeah. Um, had Robinson six inch bars on it, a white uni seat. Um, it, yeah, it was amazing. The one with the, yeah, 280, it, it had the round, the round hole in the gusset at the front, not the, not like kind of the oval one. Right. Um, so, so pretty old. Still a nice bike. Um, yeah. And raced, I raced my first national on that, on that bike, um, at Wigan. I think this was, it was like 50 nationals a year. And I think Wigan was like national number four. I raced that. And got third in my first national. So that was in 83 then, right? I think 83, yeah. Because yeah, it snowballed pretty quick. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, 83. And then the national. Uh, so so when my, my dad and mum came to watch me at that, that's when my dad kind of thought, oh, you know, we turned up. There's like, you know, a thousand people there. Pretty, pretty big deal. Got third. So he's like, all right, cool. Um, and the national after that was book more bats. okay yeah Uh, yeah um and he woke me up sunday morning like real early i think he actually carried me put me in the back of the van made me a bed which obviously doesn't happen now (laughs) and and, uh, like flew all the way down to putmore and i uh i I won that i won that um and at that race 
Tony Holland um, came to me and said, uh, Alan Woods would like to sponsor you. And that's when the Robinson thing came around. Yeah. Wow. So I'll tell you one thing I remember from that, which I also thought about when this came. I remember seeing Clive um, on a Robinson wheeling in the car park with that front wheel on. Um, <laughs> which is. You know, it's crazy Clive. some of the things that come back. Yeah. You have set, like, flashbacks on weird things that yeah. just. You haven't thought about it for 20 years, but then all of a sudden come oh, back. I get, I get that stuff as well. So that had been about 84. And I totally remember we did the Wigan race and Buckmore was next because I missed my yeah. quarter at Wigan because it was no so way. big and we'd never been to a big race before. Yeah. And I remember crying and going home and we're not doing nationals again and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And then that <laughs> says, well, hang on, we'll go to Buckmore. So we went to Buckmore, yeah. but then we went back to Novice. I don't know how you could do that, but I did. And race oh, novice right. at Bookmore got smoked. I'm like, let's just race expert. But yeah, it was definitely on parallel <laughs> yeah. to what you was doing. At least you only missed your core at Bookmore and not your final at Bercy. Right. <laughs> what did you miss your final? Oh, uh, I don't, okay. I don't 88 ish, I think. Yeah, something like that. Well, I do yeah. remember that. All right. So then you got on, Alan put you on Robinson, 84, and that's where the, the winning started, yeah. right? Straight away. So, yeah. So I raced national before, got third. Race Bookmore won that one. Um, got on Robinson, um, had the bike before the next national, and pretty much, I think, won a whole bunch of the last nationals and, and won the national title that year. Yeah. So, like, what, what those comments were, which I didn't even realize, going from four digits to, to one. Yeah. You know, and, you know, that was a long time ago, so you don't really remember that stuff. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was it. That was funny there. The pictures that were on the, the um, where someone like it's nuts the things people say about you know about when he went from one and one eighths to one point five and it's just like how do people know that stuff? And that's for those yeah. that don't know if somebody said that there was a picture of of, of um, Dylan with a race one and one eight rims right up to eighty six eighty seven, but then you basically did one point five rims, then you went on to one and one eighths, and then you went back to one point fives. Right? Was that it? Yeah, so the the story behind that was I remember going to pick up my Robinson Danny Nelson mini um, from from Alan's bike shop when it was in Hindley, like the original Alan's bike shop. Yeah, I remember walking into the. I even remember the mechanic's name. His name was Mister Cunliffe, and I walked into the back of the shop and just like the chrome, like you know, the big fat like Robinson pads and all that kind of stuff. Remember the stickers on it, Robinson. Yeah. Danny Nelson on it, you know, Robinson six inch bars, Torca six bolt stem on there, like one and one eights on there. But like my, we used to ride at this disused coal mine. It was like BMX heaven, you know, but we're talking early eighties. There's no, there's no landings for anything. It was just like jump off something and land to flat ground. Right. So I, I pretty much took that beautiful bike out of that mechanics workshop <laughs> and took it straight up. We used to call it a tips. Right. It was like a tip. And it was like the jump we call the half pipe. So like it's just like a big hole in the ground, but you dove into it and just like ramped out the other side to flat ground. So that bike was returned to poor Mr. Cunliffe the day after with <laughs> one and one eights in a real mess. <laughs> and uh, Alan was like, just put one point fives on that thing. So right. that was uh, okay, <laughs> that was sense. that was that that was that Robinson picture with one point fives on. Yeah, but he was always named, known for a jumper. It's, even at a, a young age, do you, do you think put that down to because Wigan was your home track and you were just used to the yeah. best track in the country? If you think of what Wigan tracks look like, you know, when it, at, at the last national, 
I've seen a video at the end of the day. It's like that track was probably harder than most, you know, than most tracks today. You know, without an eight meter hill, something like that pro section when the first turn pro section when it had all that pro section right around the outside. Yeah, that was a big, that was a big track, and that's where that's kind of where I grew up. Summer holidays, we would be there at eight o'clock in the morning till you couldn't ride anymore because it was that dark. You know, just just riding that track. That be and I've never seen any of that, but I love those midweek because we're all doing it around the oh. country at the same time. I would love to see pictures of your scene because obviously nobody probably had any helmets on like anywhere else in the country oh, sure. at the yeah, time. Yeah. You put your helmet on just race day, but I'm sure the yeah. guys. Now, who else was riding back then? Obviously, Alan, Tony, Flemdog. What was he? People like that were all around. So, like, yeah. So, it, um, for, for me. Like I, Tony lived like two minutes away from my parents' house. Uh, and my first, I remember my first, um, when we first set eyes on, on like a BMX, like someone who could do it properly. There was another place, another disused coal mine. God, you can tell I'm from the north. Can't you? <laughs> um, it's called The Lines. And it, it turns out this is when Tony had just come back from his trip from America. Um, and had his bike stolen while he was in America and got uh, given this Robertson Scott Clark with Campad cranks, Campad hubs on it. It was just like the absolute business. I remember riding my bike with a friend and just like pulled. We'd never been there before, so we ventured out. <clears throat> and uh, there was Alan, uh, Tony, and Craig Burrows. Craig Burrows was on a talker at the time. Yeah. And Alan and Tony were on Robertson's. And it was just like, uh, it was like jumps. It was like a step up, like kind of like a hit to the, to the right. And Tony was like, just like doing turn, like, like Leary's over it. Um, just like absolutely insane. Just, we stayed there for probably like two hours, just with our mouth open watching them. So that was my first like sight of, of kind of, of Tony. Um, um, kind of, they came over and spoke to us, and, and from then we kind of became friends, seeing each other at the track. So he was part of that that three sisters scene. Um, but you know, names I'll just reel off some names that you that Darren Croft, you know, oh, yeah. awesome bike rider from back then. You know, Bentley Brothers, Jason Brown, um, Alistair Head. Remember Ali Head? Yeah, I raced Ali Head. Yeah, yeah he was good. Yeah, yeah. Young, his younger brother Tim Head, Carl uh, Sanderson. Uh, the Bentley brothers, so Cal Sanderson and John Bentley still race. They still race for Alan. Yes, I see uh, that. Cruiser. Yeah. Um, who else? Paul Broomhead. Uh, used to call him Brush. Um, but yeah, so just like a, a crazy scene. Other, other Pagey as well, right? Pagey was from yeah, your scene. Pagey. Pagey, Dave Owens, who later turned out to be my strength and conditioning coach, like later down the line. Still a really good friend. Um, I was with Pagey um, last week. <clears throat> So, yeah, like a real, real good scene with lots of really good bike riders in it as well. Now, so. there was a kid looking in the magazines and he was on Robinson. He was number one about your age, but maybe a bit younger, but he quit really soon. Mark Pete, right? Not Steve Pete, Mark Pete, right? Yeah, yeah. Was yeah. he from your neck of the woods or he just rode for Robinson? I meant to ask Alan about him. Um, you know what? I'm not, I think he was. Um, yeah, he, he was like there. For a very short time. Yeah, he was done by him. Kind of disappearing, yeah. Um, and then there was like Darren Nelson was was around. Yeah, he wasn't around. But he came back for a while. Um, a Damien. Years ago, but, oh God, yeah. 
So like the you know Damien was from Manchester, but but at like at like the the three sisters like Hindley it was Hindley and District then the three sisters BMX club. Um, so Wednesday nights you'd have like those guys come over from Chorley, Manchester. So like John Lee, all those guys you know from Chorley, uh, Manchester. Like so, the north and still is like still is like produced some absolutely amazing talent over the years. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, then you got to, and Damien and people that don't know Damien Myers, unfortunately, you know, yeah. died a few years ago. Of, um, unfortunately, yeah. it was the number one guy in my age group. And I guess we can get a bit more into the mongoose talk because then, yeah, you went from Robinson then to 1985. You you went on mongoose. So uh, how did that all come about? And uh, yeah, you know I what? Guess- I, 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 I think from what I can remember, um, my lord. That came about um, at Olympia. It was Olympia the British Championships. It was a it was. UK it was champion of champions. Yeah, nineteen eighty four, yeah. the last big race of the. Yeah, it's kind of the NBA. Yeah, it's the British Championships of UK BMX. Yeah. So, so kind of by that point, I've been racing nationally, um, and kind of made friends all over the country. Like, you know what the sport does. Um, someone put a picture on a really cool picture. Um, um, with, with like Nathan Lund, Fraser Campbell, um, Paul Ray. Um, uh, so I've made friends with bike riders like that. And in that group of friends was Sam Jarvis, um, Chico Hook, um, all those guys. So we were, we were hanging out together quite a lot. And at Olympia, I remember, um, Mongoose were sponsored by Dr. Pepper. I think the Amico, I think the event was sponsored by Dr. Pepper. I remember, um, sitting in in an area, drinking way too much Dr Pepper, um, <laughs> having a burping competition or something like that. <laughs> as you, when you're young, and uh, and yeah, that it just yeah. I remember Sue just saying, you know, um, can you can you show me show me where your dad's at or whatever, and kind of went over and they had a discussion and yeah, it kind of just went from from there really. And the um, Greavesers were yeah. mongoose, and they were yeah, from yeah. your area as well, right? Yeah, yeah. So that they, uh, it turns out that's where kind of that came from. So John and Steve's dad, Ken, they were from Southport around the area, and he'd be the one. He was the one that was pointing me out to Sue um, and Pete uh, Middleton. So he had obviously had a, a big influence on on who was on the team and stuff. He was the he was one of the pro bike riders alongside Andy um, at, at that point. Um, yeah, and it, it kind of just went from there, which was which was a massive. You know, like me as a Robinson rider, it was cool. But like Amico Mongoose at that time was like the biggest, you know, was the biggest thing. It was just like, whoa. I mean, yeah. it really was the uh, the dream team of England um, at the time, you know. So yeah. uh, it was, I mean, Andy Ruffle, the Greaves brothers, Damian Miles, Pete Middleton, the Llewellyn brothers, you know. Oh, God, yeah. Uh, list goes on, people that rode for them. And then, like, say for you, things, you know, you continued winning. You went one national championship. You won the... Which I posted the picture yesterday, which got a lot of good comments. Uh, winning the Europeans in 1986 in in uh, Germany with your 118 on and your JT face yeah. mask. So, can you remember much about that? Yeah, yeah. So um, by that time, I'd I'd kind of well and truly settled into the mongoose thing of where you know the budget was much bigger, and I could kind of. <laughs> uh, I, that's when I started to. Um, Pete Middleton was a was a massive part of my my young bike career with Mongoose. 
like kind of just looking at him as this pro bike rider of like always immaculate like like a really good looking bike like all color coordinated and the face mask and stuff like that and obviously that's what i i created a mini version of him mm-hmm. with the, the the white bike the blue sort wheels that every time i i got a puncture he would he would fix would fix it he was the only one strong enough to get those um those soap tires on those on those wheels um yeah the face mask so my present for winning that race was i went from um excuse me the 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 jt face mask to the amy face mask oh that was your bonus (laughs) yeah so that was you know looking in magazines um Likes of uh, like, is it Brit dude, the guy who rode for GT? Yes, yes, like he, yeah. Like he, GT. I remember seeing a picture with him, like because he was only small, and he cut the bottom off the Amy face mask, right. so it wasn't too long. Uh, which I did that as well. That's what I, that's the look that I wanted. Right. So, yeah, that that was my prize for, for winning <laughs> that. <clears throat> That's funny. And then, yeah, I mean, talk about some of the riders then. I know we, we touched on it on the Facebook yesterday. Some of those earlier guys that you did battle with. And, uh, yeah, I mean, so many good riders in your age group in the UK alone. Oh, a lot man. of you UK guys were battling Europe as well. And, you know, it's pretty much all of the same guys, you know. Yeah, so I would come back after every winter and would have the biggest dude in my class. Like, I had the same problem. <laughs> oh, God. Like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, yeah, and he's got a beard. Yeah, exactly. And it was just like, because at the end of the season, you'd go you'd go home and you'd just go back to racing your local club in the winter and whatever, and then all of a sudden, First National comes around again, and, and there you are. And, like, you know, they, they just... There was a guy who I raced locally as well. That was the that was the worst thing. I can't remember who it was. The first national guy who I think it might have been Mark Lead was the first like big, big dude that turned up and like really, really started to you know what like kind of kick ass with with his power. Yeah. And then I remember the year after. You now in the off season, there was another kid who started racing from Wigan called Stuart Hazelden. It was another monster, so I had it nationally and then had it locally at the club. I was like, oh, God, you know, just let me grow, for God's sake, and get, you know, get the same size. And um, Reedy was already, like, you were oh, Reedy, yeah, already yeah. with him, right? Oh, God, yeah. Again, I missed him out as well. Reedy, Jesus. You know, so he was on, he was on Talker at the time. So we had, we had battles, like, from from that year when 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 we first kind of started moving out to like Preston, Chorley, um, Blackpool. So that's when we kind of like encountered other other bike riders in the re- in the region. Um, yeah, so once you got to a certain level, you'd be racing like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So so we raced each other two, three times a week, every week. Um, so like, yeah, myself, myself, Darren Reedy, Rory Clinch. Um, I can't, they're the three, they're the other two names that stand out. Stuart Hazelin was another one. Um, you know, other than me, they were three big dudes with loads of power. And, and in the wet winter, you know, that, that kind of goes in their favour, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. And then you go down, obviously, down London, London, and then you meet up with, like, CJ Butler was probably your big big rival for yeah. a couple of years, right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, C, like, CJ was probably the biggest, because he was there for the longest. Um, so, so, you know, that wasn't, like, kind of a, a bit of a flash in the pan kind of thing. We... When I was on Robertson, he was on Diamondback, if you remember that. Um, yeah. 
along with Nicky and Lee. Um, Chris Simmons was in, in on Diamond back then. I can't think of anybody else who was on that. Lewis Mears for a little bit, but Lewis he quit. Mears. Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that was that was another good team. That was um, who was that? What was the guy's name who won that team? It was uh, Pete Hawkins, I think. That's it. Yeah, and he went on to do like the whole Skyway Pro like thing with Greg Campbell and stuff, didn't he as well? Yeah, and they did a skate. I think he does uh, the skate. I think he still might even do. Um, the skate park down uh, down south. I, forgot, I think he runs oh, that, right. one of the big skate parks down there. Um, oh, okay. But there's so many great, you know, I've been going flipping through some old magazines, getting pictures for this. And I mean, you could do a throwback five a day of you of pictures. I've been trying to look for pictures that I know people might not have seen. I've got some good ones to, to put with yeah. this, but you've got so many pictures from, from those, you know, those, those 84, 85, 86, but you can kind of see when BMX took a dip because people were saying, yeah. started talking about you in SE and then JT Bone. So SE was real quick in 87, right? You went to SE next? Yeah. So, um, like the, the like big years, like the Mongoose team, like the, the, the kind of like the Kellogg's kind of era, like the yeah. Rally, the Halfords, all that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden, it just kind of like, where, like kind of where did it go? Yeah. Um, so, really, after Mongoose, uh, when Mongoose, well, well, when Amico Mongoose kind of went um, folded, I think that's how it went, I'm not sure. Um, so, ASR, so Alan Sop Racing was there. I think Tom rode for them at, that, at this point, and they yeah. had quite a big team. And he asked me to ride. Um, and it, it kind of, it, so he bought, I got this bike from Hot Wheels. So, this is, we had a conversation not too long ago about George Sievers. So he had a, he had a lilac signature CW. Um, it was like the the CW George Chicken George Sievers. So I had this lilac CW Junior with the lilac CW like Junior handlebars, like a real like cool bike. Um, and then it just didn't it didn't happen, and I didn't even get a uniform. And then the next thing we knew, that team had fallen. This was over the space of probably two months, um, and then. I, I, I really don't know how the, the SE thing came about, um, but I think it was with China. Uh, I think my dad had got in contact with them or whatever, and they sent me a bike. So pretty much all the parts from that from that lilac CW went on to this um, black uh, mini PK Ripper. Um, it was black. It had gold graphics on, really cool, like mini landing gear forks on it. Um, and then that that kind of lasted i think that lasted through the rest of the winter i don't even think i raced a national on on that bike i think by the time the next season come round, i think that's when um the jt bones thing happened i think you probably know <laughs> yeah no i think it was 88 um so i did um yeah i did a bit bit more research on that so on jt bones with you there was you chris taylor yeah Matt Simmons. Uh, oh, Matt Simmons. Okay, and his dad was a commentator, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's kind yeah. of a smallish team. Was anybody else? Sam Snowbart, yeah. maybe? No. Um, no, it was a small team. I yeah, it was only a small Hot Wheels run that run that team. Yeah, um, we, we rode we rode free agent bikes and rode in um, JT Bones um, uh, JT Bones kit. Pretty pretty out there kit, but a lot of the people remember it. That's kind of fashionable for. For that kind of time, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and you were back on one point five, so you had, and you was on a mini free agent, right? Yeah, yeah. So I was on a mini free agent, uh, one, like man. a, a baby, baby blue one. Yeah. That's the, and then I went up to uh, 
uh, yeah, I think I pretty much stretched that as far as it go. I remember seeing a picture with like power light handlebars, like really far forward, a seat really high, um, and and then went on to a chrome one, uh, a slightly bigger. I really, I remember that because I seen a picture uh, and that someone put on 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 that feed the other yeah. day, thinking, oh, I forgot about I forgot about that chrome free agent. But you had a um, good year on that bike. You won the Europeans in Slagar and in so that was yeah. eighty-eight Slagar yeah, Europeans. Yeah. So you'd have been about fourteen expert. If I was sixteen, fifteen, you'd have been about thirteen or fourteen expert then. Yeah, right? something like that. Yeah, I'm I'm hopeless with uh, with ages and years, but um, it's around about yeah, around about that age, I guess. And you could um, tell by looking at the magazines, like I say, eighty-four, eighty-five, eighty-six. You were all over the magazines, but you could tell that's when BMX took a dip because there's no hardly any pictures of you on SE. And there's yeah. not many pictures of you in Hot Wheels um, in the JT. But what I did is when I went to England over the winter, I saved all the programs and all the zines. And again, you were so young, oh, you probably yeah, didn't yeah. collect all this stuff. But no, I've got them. I've got them. I've got them. The track <laughs> chats and Clive used to they used to do like the the, the 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 even like the car parking you know weekend program turned into a little zine magazine at every national. I know Clive used yeah. to write for it a lot, and there was always interviews yeah. and race reports. A guy called Neville Hollis used to yeah, have, remember, yeah. put a lot of pictures in there. But so anyway, I started looking at those last night, and there's a lot of pictures of uh, you on JT then. But you can see BMX took a dip, and that's when it kind yeah, of big dip. started. Yeah. You know, all the, you know, the, the, the superstars kind of cleared out a little bit, and it was kind of, yeah, it was like it's yeah. very, very underground. So it's, there's not much documentation unless you've got a lot of those things, um, yeah, to see who was riding for what, unless yeah. it was actually there, you know. So, um, yeah. yeah, still a lot of good pictures from you then. Um, yeah, a lot of, a lot of like it, it was. It's strange because that's like the first kind of dip. It was a you know you probably you know we were there for the second dip as well because it kind yeah. of came back a little bit after that. Yeah. Um, so after that, after that Hot Wheels connection, um, then I think I went from JT Bones to Free Agent after that. Yes. Um, and, and rolled for Free Agent, which it kind of for some reason it, it kind of seemed to grow again. Like there was like Free Agent. It was like, um, I think GT came back around, Auburn. Um, uh, yeah, it seemed like it, it picked up a little bit again. It's that was MB- like the, the introduction. MBMX. Like Vision Streetwear. Yeah, Vision Streetwear, Life's a Beach, all that kind of stuff started to come to come in. in there. It was pretty cool. Yeah, we got a lot of pictures of us all wearing that stuff and uh, all the... Yeah. Well, no, I was trying to think. I was looking at some of the pictures. You know when we used to have the trainers with the big tongs? I know there was... What, what was some of the... What we all had? So it came, so remember the like the Vision Streetwear boots that everyone wanted. I remember like, the them, black, but there was the some other ones. stuff like British yeah, but then Knights had, or something. Yeah, and then there was Troop, and there was Troop. British Knights. That's it, yeah, Troop. Yeah. That was what I was yeah, trying yeah. to think of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We've got so many pictures yeah, yeah. with with our tracksuit or shell suit bottoms, whatever you want to call them. We, oh we'd, man, yeah. You'd roll them up Amazing. and then stick your tongue out, right? Yeah. All right, we're back. We got cut off there. So we we're just talking a little bit about uh, our dress sense style, whatever you want to call uh, it, in the uh, late eighties. So yeah. free agents. Uh, some new guys came in in your class. Nikki Lacey came into the picture. So um, yeah. talk a little bit about those couple of years, uh, and then I think you went to Robinson again after that, right? Yeah, yeah. Before we do that, though, I just remembered something about we always talking about the Wigan scene, yeah. like from back in the day with like Crofty and all that kind of stuff. We also had like um, it was the first, it was when the first Kellogg series went down, when there was one at Wigan. Um, I, I remember bunking off school because that was on a Monday to go watch um, watch those guys at Wigan. We had like uh, a, a six man BMX track in the woods, um, like five minutes away from our house, like that we. 
we lived in these woods, had a six man gate made out of like scaffold planks. And we actually made like our own Kellogg's video with a camcorder where, so a guy went along like each bike rider on the gate and we spoke like we were like Greg Hill or Harry Leary or Eric Roop or something like that. And I, I, um, I need to find the video. Somebody has oh got Oh my God. Video. Yeah. So, Somebody who's listening to that. Yeah. So like Dave Owens, Darren Croft, any one of those guys, somebody has got that video. We need to find it. It'd be absolutely amazing because we just, it was just like, that's how into it we were at that stage. So that's what kind of like I grew up in that kind of, that kind of environment of where, you know, everybody had like real, like the dopest bikes, like PK Rippers polished to death, like everything was like super cool really good bike riders and and that's kind of the environment i grew up in in, in like the early 80s so yeah i just i just remembered that I just had that flashback that it was pretty cool are we i mean that's how much of an impact that the kellogg's the pros because oh, yeah. we we did the kellogg series in our little you know our local yeah, track yeah. as well yeah. we did it at our track we'd ride it backwards sideways we'd make little tracks oh. up and we would race, but I think that was happening again all, all over the country without being a model. Hey, guys, this is what you do in the week. But it was all part of what all the little scenes were doing uh, around the UK. Exactly, yeah. And at the same time, it, we didn't know it, but it was actually it's kind of it was training as well. You know, yeah, like for me, exactly. when, when I raced yeah. the Kellogg's, you know, in my little, I always used to start at the back and see how many people I could pass. And that'd be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, we're doing that all week long. Exactly. So exactly. Um, it's all like money in the bank for, uh, for your real racing down the road. Yeah. So, um, that, that's modern day. Like that's development. You know, you're, you're riding, you're on, you're on your the tool of your trade every single day of the week. And, and, and riding till you kind of can't ride anymore, you know, and that's, <clears throat> that's kind of giving you, giving you the best um, preparation for for your, for your next bike race. You know, there's, there's no better preparation than that, really. And we can go all over. The, yeah, we can go backwards, sideways on this. <clears> so <throat> if he, something comes up that we're missing or you forget about, then, yeah, go back a few years. That was a cool memory while I was having a toilet break. <laughs> right. Um, so tell us about those uh, late 80s, say Free Agent, Robinson, Nicky Lacey, just to bring us into Titan, then we can get into the Titan era a little bit. So Free Agent, I've just had a mad image in my mind now of a, of a, of a picture. You'll know this picture. So little uh, little Alex on one end, um, me uh, next, Winnie. Um, Joey, Joe Eastwood. Joe Eastwood, uh, yeah. Winnie, Winnie, Winnie on the end. Uh, in front of my dad's Bedford MIDI sign written free agent um, team vehicle. And that was taken at Alveston, if I remember correctly. Alex has got a Bell full face helmet on, little kind of racing helmet on. Uh, yeah, uh, I think that was their first appearance. What was that mouth guard like that kind of came? Like kind of square, like there was no, you know, there like was a, a, cereal boxes there was for everybody. Jofa, Haro, and then what you'd have a JT thing? and you'd cut the top little nose piece off it. But there was know. another, there was another one that was like a, one of those little miniature cereal boxes with like a nose piece on it. Uh, a, well, Amy, JT, I don't know. Somebody will know. Oh uh, yeah. Some, yeah. it was some wacko kind of thing. Someone will, someone will be screaming that when, when they hear this. And you, uh, you wrapped the frog skins around that time as well, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, <laughs> that was, uh, that was a start of sunglasses kind of right. era. Well, it was frog uh, skins. Then we all had Amy's as well. I think I know I had it. Well, my, 
Uh, I had the the ones that the wild man wears now. Right, yes, yeah, you had them a lot. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I had the you know you know what I'm like for color coordination. So right. I had the, I had those with the yellow with the yellow outside for the for the free agent look. Right. Um, and used to have the detachable earpieces like the ones that you could wear when you were chilling and the ones that hook around your ears when you were racing. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was the start of that era. Um, and the wild man's brought it back. And jumping John um, Hearn has, has never stopped it. He's still wearing exactly. it. Probably listening yeah, to this yeah. right now with him on, right, JJ? JJ, good man. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, yeah, th- that team was, that kind of team is where my dad kind of really got into it, uh, like really like back in, back in teams, like being, like helping out with everybody rather than, you know, obviously he helped me out more than anybody else, but he, he kind of started to become like a kind of a bit of a team manager. Cause that was through, um, that was through hot wheels as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a lot of stuff going on at that time. Um, a lot of teams. So I guess that he was like kind of a sub team manager under, under the actual hot wheels banner. Um, but yeah, really, really cool, cool team. Um, I seen a picture, um, from it was obviously from when that picture was taken because it was at Alberston out of the first turn that doubled. Um, it was like a, a, a look back kind of picture with my seat about three foot high in the air. Um, I remember that picture, yes, yes, of that, yeah, yeah. And in the background of that picture, there's like CJ. Um, remember the kid who rode for Auburn? I can't see, we used to call them Rimmers, Daniel, Daniel Evans. That was it, yeah, yeah. Chico's in the background, a few, a few heads up in the background there. Right. No, good stuff. Um, tell us about some of the guys you battled with then, then. Um, so, yeah, CJ was was probably the oh, – so Jason Spur, first and foremost, um, probably was – you know, he was that guy with a racing kind of number one on his plate, like all factory-looking. That was kind of from – You kind of knocked him off his perch, and then he kind of disappeared, though, didn't he? Yeah, sorry about that. Um, and <laughs> the – he he was like that professional looking guy. His dad was involved in the sport. I'll t- uh, a story just came into my mind, which were, comes later in the Titan years about about Paul. Absolutely classic story. You'll love it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, um, he, he was the guy behind me, the Robertson one point five. Yes, um, yes. Picture. So he was the first one, um, and CJ was the one who had the longevity behind it, like battled for for years. I just had another flash of a, um, a race from freestyle cover of him winning and me in second at uh, Barcelona European Championships. Yeah, that- yeah, that was eighty-five Barcelona. Yeah, um, and that was actually was bi-weekly. Like, I think that cover was, was it bi-weekly. bi-weekly that? I think yeah, was, race yeah. of freestyle come later. Um, did you see? It? Yeah, you would have seen that picture. That that jersey. That that jersey's in the drawer, sat right in front of me right now. That's cool. Um, yeah, yeah, super cool. That's CJ Butler. Anybody that's uh, not familiar with that yeah. guy that Dylan battled with and uh, unfortunately, unfortunately yeah. lost his. Uh, yeah, another one of our friends that kind of yeah lost his yeah. life. So so at home now, I've, the the kids have got a little bit older and the playroom what they had when I've changed my job. But unfortunately, kids, they've lost their playroom, but they don't need it anymore. So that's my office. Right. So I've, st- I've started having my jerseys framed to put on the wall. Right. Um, and I'm, that that CJ Butler jersey and my that Robinson jersey from that picture, that I have that as well. So that's going in the same frame. That's um, cool. In the same thing, yeah. So yeah. I've still got all, all, all that stuff. 
um, which you know means a lot when you when you look back at it. Oh, so absolutely. he was he was the one who had the longevity. Um, then after that, there was there was Mark Glead, mm-hmm. yeah, big big guy from the Midlands. Um, kind of, I don't even know how long he was there for. Maybe two years, three years max. He had to quit. Um, I think he had uh, back issues or leg issues. He had some yeah, yeah some injuries. What kind of yeah he had to so strong so so strong um um but kind of the the, the technique kind of wasn't there uh, i think he had a lot of crashes and stuff like that maybe that's why he was injured and, and had to quit um then <clears throat> excuse me um then then as uh, bobby said chicken wings came along after right. that <laughs> um again another another big dude yeah like some good some really good battles um the thing that stood out about Nick is his, his confidence of, of how, you know, he was kind of like, he was the kind of first person who, who I, I kind of competed against who was kind of a bit in your face with it. Yeah. It was like, you know, so that was kind of a, a bit of a learning curve. Um, but yeah, he, he kind of left. I think he went to rugby after that. I think rugby league, something like that. Uh, similar kind of explosive kind of sport. Um, but yeah, um, so he was another another big one where I was like these were guys on you know on one seven five wheels, one seven five tires, pro bikes. I think at this stage I was still riding like a junior. Um, kind of just made that transition from one of three eights to one point fives. Um, but yeah, it was a bit yeah it was learning curves, but, but you know obviously character building. Um, we. We talk a lot about that in work now about about challenges that that you face along the way, and they were they were definitely um, challenges. You know, sitting like when you're used to winning all the time and then getting your ass kicked week after week, it's just like you know it's tough. But you know, it's it's how you it's how you deal with it and how you come through it. Um, and uh, yeah. Kind of, I think with Lacey, you definitely pushed each other. You, you'd have a yeah. not a bad season, but a bad season for you would be number two or three. And then yeah. I think Lacey had a really good year in '90 when he was on MCS. You know, saying yeah, won, yeah. won the worlds and won the Euros, won the worlds, and then the following year it was like back in your court again. I think and Lacey kind of turned super class and kind of faded off, and then you went on another yeah. another winning streak for. a you know, numerous years. Um, so I think, yeah, I think it's, it's the same as I have the same story with Anthony Howes. And then when he goes, yeah. Neil Wood, I've got to deal with this dude that's yeah, yeah, bigger exactly, and stronger yeah. than me. And, and, you know, and then you, you get rid of him and then, well, don't get rid of him. Then he, Neil starts taking it less, less serious maybe. And then we got Jamie Staff and then, oh my God, we've got to go to the gym now, you know, and that's then, what I mean. yeah, it's, and then it's, these people come along and you either, you either kind of, don't take the challenge and, and and disappear, or you take the challenge and and you know take it full on. And, and I think I think we kind of did that. Um, and I think it's a it's a you know I look I've got I've got bike riders that I work with now who really struggle with that, and I've got bike riders who are like you know what. So I've got a a young kid from Wigan called Keon Smith McDermott who who's just had back to back like injuries, both needed surgery. Um, and he's just been so, so, so strong and come back and he's back now. He's raced his first national back at the weekend, got fourth. You know, where I've, I've worked with other bike riders who have been injured and just really struggled to come back. So it's, uh, 
it, it's a it's a true test when someone comes along and, and challenges you, challenges you, or an injury challenges you. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we we were definitely definitely challenged in in that in that way in, in our early years. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I I totally agree with you on that. Um, so then you went on a quick year with Robinson around that time, probably when Lacey won the Worlds in '90. You were on Robinson, and then. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Titan. So tell, I was telling my wife last night about, uh, you know, Titan was uh, the Murray family and the Clayton family. It was basically Cynthia and your dad kind of joined forces and imported Titan and kind of put another <laughs> dream team together, right? Before you do that, let's just the Robinson thing at the the uh, uh, the World Championships in Paul Ricard in France. So the, the fact that EC. Eric Carter com- uh, commented on that on that post, kind of just kind of blew me away. Yes, uh, <laughs> um, and that was like so. Do you, who did he pass in the last turn when he lifted his front wheel over? Eric Manozzi, yes, Manozzi. You know, so I'm just giving that a shout out because when I when you look at someone commenting on a post like that, I was just like, oh my god, really? And then uh, thinking about the things that I've seen him do. And that was that era, that Robertson era at the Paul Ricard Stadium in, in the south of France. Just seeing that was just like, did I, did I really just see that? In mm-hmm. like, like come to almost a stop and then just kind of pick his back wheel up over Manozzi's back wheel. So yeah. And on the video, you can even hear the crowd go, like the crowd yeah, even yeah. reacted to it. If you really yeah. go on that, there's, that, there's a whole hour of all those mains on some. Some hard YouTube you can I've come across it anyway, and if you actually sit there and watch it, you can hear the crowd go, "Whoa!" You know, yes, absolutely insane. But that's you know, that's him all over. You know, that that kind of stuff is you know, he's a uh, two wheels. That comment um, from EC got me thinking as well, and we'll, we'll blow through some of these these comments and questions and stuff in a little bit. But it, it kind of it threw me off, like what he said. Not threw me off, but when he said that about you, like you was mysterious, and you still are, I yeah. guess, to a lot of the people over here because you never came here. But can you remember? And I've talked about this with with Paul uh, Grotbags quite a bit as well. Like that, you know, we watched the the Irvine World Cup video, we watched the Jag oh, World no. Championships, and Orlando Worlds, and I mean, we are all our friends: Bobby Hyde, you, Keith Joseph, Paul. I mean, we all know yeah. the, the commentary, Chico. I mean, we all. We watched those videos over and over, and then you would emulate that, right? And I'm sure exactly, that was yeah. the same when we saw yeah, EC pass TC for the win in 17 and over, you know? Yeah, and um, Kleiner was the big thing at that, at that Irvine World Cup for me. Yes, yes. The first yeah. time we ever saw who he was and, and saw yeah, that yeah. little bio with him, wasn't it? The first rock, he was like the first rock star of BMX that I saw, really. But other than, actually, another flashback came back of Chico, I remember this, and when Chico listens to this, he'll laugh his head off at the, Kellogg, the Kellogg's at Stanley's Park, like the, the, the four tracks in one in the hotel that we were staying in. Um, me and Chico and Sam Jarvis, like, were swimming in the swimming pool when we got back, like, in our pants. And uh, we were running down the, the hotel corridor, um, in our pants soaking wet through, and he was, uh, it was, who was it? Was it Ronnie or Richie? Who was at that ride in the Skyway? Richie. Richie, yeah. He was not impressed. That <laughs> went absolutely nuts. Like, just chased us. Like, I remember the noise of cowboy boots chasing us down the fucking corridor. Um, <laughs> and, and, you know, I don't know why, but we were just like little kids with this, like, big dude who we'd seen, like, racing the day, like, chasing us, going, you guys, remember? like, shouting at us. Yeah, that was. That was a funny flashback, actually. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, like, watching those videos, like, you're looking at that, you know, you just see blue sky 
like you know the, like, for, for us that's like pristine kind of track like that clay that blue groove you know like you look and it turns it's just got that smooth blue groove in it um, mm-hmm. and you know like lopes yeah like you're saying all all those guys you know those uniforms um just like yeah you know who wouldn't who wouldn't want to you know who wouldn't want to be that but when it comes to it who can do it you did it i couldn't (laughs) but that video i mean we were literally and again this is when bmx is kind of yeah just not much going on in the uk we would all buy that video from hot wheels at the races and then i don't know if we all passed it around or we all just kind of everybody bought a copy but um yeah it was the only way to see what was going on in the u.s apart from you know getting a magazine five or six months later you know that always you you would get as well so yeah i think it was it was mysterious for us what was happening in the states but for yeah like say for ec to pick up on you um it was pretty cool i thought what he said as well yeah yeah yeah, really like notes the the fact of where they'd they kind of heard he'd heard about me before he'd seen me and i was just like what right like we 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 spent some cool time together, like way later on. But when you when when you think about somebody like that, uh, you know, like thinking that's how they remember you, like the, the same thing as uh, as as Mister Smooth said about <laughs> like that that kind of thing. The first time he he kind of what he remembered, um, and it, it just gave me that instant. As soon as I read that, it gave me the instant flashback of how I remember seeing him the first time. Right. It, 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 it's nuts how stuff flashes up. But I guess we'll get to that later. Yeah, no, definitely. So, uh, Robinson, um, what was your highlight of, of Robinson? Like, say, Lacey won the Worlds and the Europeans. So, you for for you again, a good year for anybody else, but probably not the greatest year for you, right? On the, on Robinson. Yeah, just yeah, just like, just like that, that that kind of year of like kind of number two, not happy, spoiled, sponsored kid. I was then. <laughs> you know, it's like the the team was cool. Clive was on that team, so. Everybody was sure to look, you know, the dopest on the track. But uh, I can see a picture of me jumping the triple on the third straight at High Wickham now with a huge number two on my plate. Right. So that's how, that's how, you know, pretty, n- not what I wanted. But yeah. It, it, you know, it that, that's kind of how I felt inside, but it, it didn't. Still, I'm a bike rider, so I was still, you know, still all fun, still riding my bike, still doing what I was doing, but kind of wanted to be, wanted to be the champ. Yeah. Well, as, as always you didn't have to wait too much long another guy's on that team so matt boyle was on robinson joe eastwood yeah. andy please another guy on that team yeah. right another guy that won yeah. a lot so yeah good uh, team real good team yeah no definitely um, all uh all all slick slick you know i remember matt um let me see matt one of the first times at her and bay like just on the dopest se ripper like baby blue like I'm talking 80s I was on Robertson, so it was it was early, mid eighties, just on like this immaculate looking bike, with, like the full face echo with all like the the SE wings on it and stuff like that. Just you know, he always looked, looked so dope. That was his dad who used to like do that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's kind of mini you really, a couple of years below you, but doing the yeah. same thing, looking good and always winning. And uh, yeah, like I say, and, and probably had a few years where he had to deal with. Bigger yeah, kids, but yeah. always uh, come I back. Think, I think Nick Gill was his big nemesis. <laughs> yes, and I think Matt and Andy, please, they always had uh, Europe. There's always close to win. I think Matt Boyle did win the Europeans. He might have won actually the same year as you without doing any research yeah, in '86. 
but yeah. I think Andy Please is another guy that was a bit like you know myself as well that always trying to win that Euro title in amateur and just yeah. quite couldn't quite put yeah, it together when you guys were just banging them or yeah. you definitely were banging them out so um and then was we move into Titan and that's where you got back on it again and just yeah sort of killing it right this is like this this part was where it just went like it went nuts for some reason I think this was kind of when I think the year before um just before that Robertson so going from free agent to Robertson I think we went to tours for the first time in France um and I didn't have I hadn't got my Robertson stuff yet through um, for that deal and I remember it was all like when we when we all used to jump in minibuses and, and head out there and go out. Let me pause and, you right there because I know what you're going to say because <laughs> I was in that van as well and and you're saying yeah. about things that remind you that was the that in that van is where we first or I first heard the Stone Roses album. Remember that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, carry on. <laughs> we uh, I remember getting to the hotel like late at night and uh, unloading the van. Clive was in that van as well. Winnie, uh, Paul. Good, good few of us. Yeah, like the, the normal heads in that van. Yeah, picks. Uh, pull, yeah, pull my, uh, yeah, picks. Get a beers in picks. <laughs> um, <laughs> I remember pulling my free agent bike out the back of that van that had Robertson stickers on it because I hadn't, I didn't have a Robertson uniform, didn't have a Robertson bike, but I, I got some Robertson stickers and put it on there. And Clive looked at me and went, are you kidding me? <laughs> the bike was rusty, piece of shit, whatever like that. And Clyde had, had got his bike, obviously, because um, obviously we were going to be on the same team. And his bike was like a dope bike. Like, remember the GT like power cranks, the aluminium ones? That yes, like, yeah, yes. All that kind of stuff on there. So I remember um, he's like, you're not racing on that bike. You can race on my bike. So like, yeah, okay. And this was when those, remember those massive doubles at the end of the second straight. You had a picture like, I think you were riding through them as Minosi jumping over. Yes, yes, yeah, that's uh, 89. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got second in the main behind. I think Beaver won, actually. Um, and I remember um, racing. I raced in jeans. I um, remember that now, yeah. I, um, I bought a green gotcha top at the race. <laughs> I got on. Cool. Uh, I uh, I jumped that double on Clive's bike. <laughs> I remember. I think Geth did it. Maybe you and yeah. Minosi were the only guys doing it. And you were yeah. like, yeah, you were still like 15 or something. Um. Yeah, and that was kind of where it it kind of the Titan, the, the Robertson thing happened, then the Titan thing happened. But in between then, when they were on Titan, we went to we we started going to I think like Jeff and Cynthia and Matt and Stephen is obviously that they had a Titan thing in place. So I think they'd been going to like the ABA grounds in Oklahoma and obviously met like Bob and stuff like Bob Fury of Titan and kind of hooked that deal up. They were already in there and then kind of my dad got involved um and yeah it kind of went from there that's when it like exploded um i think we've met um in nor yeah that, that picture from the norway world so i think that race was where we kind of met like robo like um bf uh keith mulligan yeah all that kind of stuff and then i think the following i think that the end of that year is we, i went to the ABA grands um Kind of hooked back up with them guys. Um, that was the first time <clears throat> I met uh, I met Ron Bonner at that at that race at UGP. Um, at that race, I don't think that was the one. That wasn't the one. No, it's the year after I think. So I went to that one, and it was the year after where we kind of, we stayed on. After that, I think we made that big plan. 
to go back to California after that. Um, yeah, so we, we made, um, we made some contacts, but that kind of French indoor winter kind of indoor racing kind of was happening around about then, um, which was just like, if you remember that first tours race we went to, it was just like, like how, how does our sport look like this in the UK? Where we've got like 300 riders at a, a national bike race and there's an indoor race here that's got like you know a thousand bike riders like indoor fireworks and like all kinds of stuff going on it was it was absolutely nuts and we used so, yeah. to talk about i mean we talked about the french all that i remember when we was always traveling and stuff we always always talk about the french because we just had, had them on a high you know respect for them and and remember we there's so many good french riders um, oh, they never even, if we talked about the names, some of the, you know, Laurent Rougemont and, uh, yeah. I saw one on that thread, you know, uh, Dennis Kazmata, all these people that nobody in America would have heard up, but oh, man. we, we kind of love these guys because they had good style and they were good in Europe and there was, yeah, we had, we witnessed all that. That was that like French scene then, like the goggles on top of the helmet, the, the cyclocraft threads bars, the turbo seat. All that, all that kind of stuff came from came from France. The style it, it made such a, and oh then when God. Christoph came, he obviously took it to another level. And I, I think you, I mean, when I saw Christoph, I wanted every, okay, I need to be on MCS. And I think you had the same with a lot of people um, as well. Everybody wanted to do what you did and what look what Dylan's on this bike. He sets his bike up like this. That's what everybody did. Dylan cut his yeah. bars down. Everybody cuts his bars down. Dylan's yeah. got Fred Z bars. Everybody wanted Fred Z bars, and you know. with a with a TNT stem, uh, <laughs> up, upside down stem. Yeah, you've got to, you've got to have that. And you got turbo t- seat, turbo seat pointing up, and you got a factor yeah. from Percy. Oh my god! Yeah, I thought about that as well. Um, do you remember the first time we seen Christoph? Yes, like, uh, I know he was at that tours. I, I didn't know till after uh, Slag Aaron, right? But do you remember? But when he was on, so we knew we'd seen him. But do you remember? Do you remember being at the the world championship, the European championships in Switzerland, uh, with the long ass, like that big ball first turn, like massive, where he did the hand cam over yes. the, the double on the third straight. Do you remember us on the car park at the, the track? It was like after practice, and he was riding in shorts, had headphones on, and we we're like, "Look, there he is, there <laughs> he is." Like that. And we went over. And, remember, we was going over to speak to him. And right. The only thing we were. We tried to speak to him and he didn't speak any English then. Right. So you, you pointed at his headphones and he just looked at us and went, Depeche Mode. <laughs> he, he, that's what he said. Oh, that, that, that's what he said. He went, Depeche Mode. And then just carried on riding. He was like a robot. Right. Yeah. I remember that. I don't remember Absolutely that. That's nuts. a good, man, you really do have a good memory on some of that stuff. Um, that's what I'm saying. Just flashes. You've got like that long, like that long memory of loads of stuff. I just have flashes like right. that. Right. Uh, yeah, he just looked at us and went Depeche Mode, and then just rode away. We were like, "All right." Well, we all <laughs> wanted so much information we could get from him. We couldn't. That's why we became oh, good no. friends with uh, Oliver Prosper because he was Christoph's friend and yeah. he spoke good English and he was funny. So yeah. we were we yeah. befriended all those guys. Just tell us about Christoph. What does he do? What does he train? What bike? What gears he got on? You know, because yeah, we couldn't. Oh, get, no. He couldn't get nothing yeah. out of Christoph. He didn't speak English. You know, so that's when um, he was on. NCS uh, Kiki Cross. That was Remember it. That? Yes, yeah, that big Kiki Cross on his back of his jersey, yeah. right, or on the front. Yeah, with the Oakley goggles on the top of his helmet, just like just killing it. Yeah. Um, later, like later in later on, like in the sun kind of thing. I remember um, going with him um, to Paris and going to see his parents and um, meeting his parents and stuff like that. And he had where 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 he lived. There was like kind of uh, they 
they just had this little tiny concrete BMX pump track built in like in between all the blocks where he lived. Um, I remember that. Yeah, that's another flashback. So he had this weird little concrete track um, when he, when he was growing up, right in like right in between in, in the uh, like right in, the, in Paris where he lived. Yeah. So he, I'm guessing he, he honed his skills on that. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's say hey, we always wanted anything anything we could find out about him because like I say, he was he just kind of set, level. Yeah, yeah. And we all wanted to like, yeah, copy and, and do everything else. But I think you you did as well. I mean a lot of people wanted to do that, uh whatever whatever you was doing at the time as well. Um tell us a little bit about Norway Worlds then. So you were just one Slough Europeans, right? Um, uh yeah. I seen a video of that the other day. Yeah. Um it's kind of weird how you don't see stuff for a long time. I've seen that um, Vincent Allier. Vincent uh, a lot of English in that main, weren't they? I know we were listening to this. Julian Allen, weren't he in that main as well? Um, Ewan Thomas, Lee Ives. Um, Simon Dowson. Simon Dowson was in that main. But yeah, it was a good few in there. And that uh, was- so, yeah. That was, yes. Slough. Um, a big, that double down the second. Nathan brought something nuts about that didn't he in that feed about the week before that um, well no that was it. he's talking about slough um worlds when you jumped the the pro section is that what he's talking about oh yeah it was yeah you were talking about the worlds wasn't he but it was a pro section on the third third straight was it something it was on like the that? on the last street yeah, I remember that. but a lot of no nobody did it in a race but few people did it in practice dean Idiel's, you know there's a famous picture of him but there's, a, there's another one at that European Championships. I think it was me and Chico that went there in the week and we were jumping when the big double was down the second straight. Right. We were jumping that with no helmets on, shorts, T-shirt, you know, like it was back then. Um, and that was a big jump back then. Yeah. And that's back, you, not only, you, this is back in the day where you'd, you'd race the European Championship, which was, you know, the second biggest race of the year on top of the world. Yeah. But so, people like you would do King of Dirt the same day. Exactly. There was a video about that as well. I remember seeing that video. Yeah. Um, like Greg Hubeck, um, Paul, uh, Frederick Legal, Keith Bags, Dooley, Keith Dooley. Yeah, Clive was in there. Charlie. Um, Charlie does his 720. Um, what's his name? Um, the German dude. Uh, oh, I remember, I remember, um, Oliver uh, Furman. Furman the German, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, I lived with him for a while when I lived with Robbo. Um, who else was it? Well, so, it's where Charlie had his uh, big mobile phone. Yeah, and the big gold BMW. Right. I uh, I met Charlie again a few a few months ago. It was absolutely amazing. I see him absolutely on Facebook. He looks exactly the same, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that the Titan thing was just was absolutely insane. Um, the the year after, we'd made Jamie, um, Paul. And I have made plans, well, they have made plans with Rich Bartlett. Um, I'm guessing they, they've met about, um, about staying in America. I think I was like, I, was, I must have been 16, 17 at the time. You're about 16, I bet, then. Yeah. Can we can we take a break for a sec? Debbie's shouting you. So. Yeah, yeah. All right. I'll be back in five. All right. We're here for part three of part one. Of Dylan Clayton's podcast. Dylan's got three kids. It's Friday night. It's bedtime, so it's a little hectic over there. 
I know. Our, oh yeah, just, I totally imagine, just a little bit. You know, I totally imagine what it's like with three. Um, yeah. So let's go a little bit longer. So Dylan, you we're just about talking about you're just about going to the US. You, Paul, and Jamie Staff, who was also on Titan as well. We didn't touch on that. Yeah. Uh, you guys came out to the US. You'd already me and Paul actually met Richard Bartlett the year before, and then. Richard came it, yeah. out to the UK during the summer, and I think he met you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he came out to Ipswich and stayed with Paul. And then that next winter, I didn't come out. I was heavily into my raving at the time, so I didn't bother coming. But I like it. I uh, like it, Dale. I like it. But you, Jamie, and uh, but I regretted it when you guys got back and you smoked me all. So um, you guys definitely did the, the better thing. Uh, so anyway, yeah, you, Jamie, Paul came out to the US and uh, California for the first time for you. Um, so tell us about that and hooking up with uh, The Butcher. Uh, well, I didn't, I didn't, I, I don't remember that at Ipswich. I kind of do. I remember he looked like he had like some wild long cycle craft and some big like curly hair ponytail kind of thing. Yes. I remember it now. Yeah. But I, I didn't make the arrangements. Um, Jamie and Paul obviously made the arrangements, which obviously, well, I'm guessing Paul made the arrangements because they weren't that good. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, we, we end up, before that, I'm having a flashback before the, you went to the before, we, before we go to, before we go there, um, the, the French bike races. So I remember now the, um, at this point, the Titan team had turned into uh, uh, a retail store. If you remember that. I did. So, yeah. You saw it at the races. Yeah. Didn't you? Yeah. We, that, that first, um, that first grands event, we kind of met like uh, Steve Budendeck, Play to be um, Ron Bonner, UGP, um, and, and Cynthia, um, Jeff, my dad, my mom. Um, I don't, I'm not sure if anyone else was involved with that setup. Kind of a we started importing stuff and, and having a business, and it like really, really blew up. Um, I remember uh, it was the the Rocket people. <laughs> uh, it was Steve Barnes in particular who, who kind of. Like kind of thought I was this kind of brand. Do you remember them long sleeve dots move T-shirts? Oh, I was on my list to talk about. You're the first guy oh with apparel, I think, really, at least in England. Oh my god! <laughs> I, I I actually was like, this is this is so my life now. A dad of three, you know. Uh, we've had we've had some work done in the house recently, and and me being a, a person who goes when I lived in California, like you taught me this to go to the supermarket and buy like a big massive bag of rice and a bag of pasta and whatever, like save on money. <laughs> right. I'm like, we, we've got a bunch of wallpaper up in the in the attic above the garage, so went up there and came across a box that had like like oh my god, Amaco mongoose. Um, remember the remember the uh, red, white, and the red at the bottom, white in the middle, blue no red, red at the bottom, blue in the middle. Uh, white at top, the Namco mongoose jackets. Yes, yes, I know. I remember, yeah. Yeah, I remember the yeah. Greaves as well. Uh, Ken yeah. Greaves always had one. Exactly, yeah. So one of those is a, a dot smooth, long sleeve T-shirt with like the one hand, one foot picture on it. Right. That was Steve, Steve Burden's idea. Um, and, you know, I didn't, well, I guess they paid me back, obviously. I didn't get no royal. Like, listen to me talking about royalties. <laughs> they, uh, they paid me back more than enough. Um, but, yeah, that was that kind of era. Then we we that's when I went to the um, went back for the for the for the Bartlett setup that didn't happen. So this is an absolutely amazing story. Like we went back there and 
we were supposed to be going back to California with Rich Bartlett and then Rich Bartlett wasn't even at the race. So like the whole, the whole trip was spent, well, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And you were on the Grands, right? You flew out to yeah. the Grams to make your way to California. Yeah. The, a- the ABA Grand Nationals, like we're there. Um, and I remember grab bags come and sit next to me. I'd thought about it. I'm like, you know, I'm going home. I'm not that bothered anymore. I think I've made the main, um, Romero was on, I think that, First Grands, no, that was that was a sun the trip. First Grands was Roger Holder and Dr. J. Yeah, was in that oh main. my god, yeah. yeah, Roger Holder, where did that come from? Yeah, I just I remember that that main's on YouTube. That's why I've seen it. Um, and the next thing, crop bags are set next to me. I mean, um, this is pure crop bag style. We've had a conversation. Um, if if uh, Pistol Pete Longkarovich, you like bang, you say that name like ultimate. Irvine World Cup, Paro. Right. <laughs> yeah, he's in the running for the uh, the ABA National World Pro, and that truck in the middle of the track there, whoever wins that title is is theirs. Um, he said if he wins that title, yeah, he needs someone to drive that truck back to California. It's like holy shit. So I think it did it go down to the last main. I can't remember. I, I'm sure it did. He was in lane eight. So I'm thinking this is this is this is fuck. We're going home. And he, that's when he was on the on the homes. He was on the chrome homes with the black bands. graphics on it. Yeah, yeah, on bands. Killed it. Just like so. Uh, I think I was like seventeen. No, it wasn't even seventeen. Sixteen, maybe seventeen. Sixteen or seventeen X. Yeah. yeah. At the time. So then that happens. So the the night after the the ABA Grands happens, um, which was obviously you, you know those nights that crazy hotel. Young, well, not athletes, young. BMX after party. Yeah, Yeah, kind of thing. Oh, my God, I just remember something. I remember, I remember bumping into someone on the corridor of the hotel. What was the hotel called? Like the Hyatt or something, maybe? Yeah. Bumping into someone going, we've just been in the elevator. Some fucking lady got in, went absolutely crazy. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Went back to my room. My mum comes home going, I have just gone absolutely fucking nuts at these kids in this elevator. I was like, oh my God. It was your mum. So, yeah, yeah, it was my mum. Um, it was like uh, JP, Robbo, all those guys. Um, remember Butt Bro? Who? Remember him? Butt Brother. You remember that? I remember don't remember him, no. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, well, if JP and all those guys are going to listen to this, they'll, they'll uh, no, enlighten no. you in that. Um, so the next thing, the morning after, the morning after the madness is like, um, 17 years old, stood at the front of that hotel. Uh, my mum's crying, like leaving her. Um, yeah, Jordan wasn't born then, so I was the baby. Um, and she's like waving me off, like crying. And the next thing she disappeared around the corner and I'm like, oh, this is, uh, this is kind of real. <laughs> and then the next thing, crop bags and Jamie come around the corner in like it's white. In mint truck with like ABA national number one pro people on carriage written on the side. I'm like, fuck it, let's go. <laughs> um, got in the truck, yeah, and, and drove from Oklahoma City to. I remember, I remember the smell of like, I remember waking up like in like filling up at a gas station, it was freezing cold. And like, then the next thing, like waking up somewhere, it was warm. And then the next thing, waking up, and I think it was on like the PCH. 
um, what's it called? Uh, Pacific, yeah, Pacific Coast yeah, PCH, Island, yeah. Like coming into California, just like, like, oh my God, we are, we are here. Right. <laughs> uh, but that was a scene in itself. Like, it was then um, obviously on the back of that, I didn't know that we were, we, you know, again, we were supposed to stay at the uh, the POW house. So we, we pull up at the POW house, like just, well, you know what it was like, like, man. But I, as a 70-year-old kid from a little northern town, allergic to dogs. I think, I can't remember whose dog it was. Someone had a dog, and it was just like, as soon as I seen the dog, I was like pure panic, like asthmatic, so like kind of sweating about it. Um, but yeah, we were there. Um, ended up, I couldn't stay there because there was a dog there. <clears throat> Stayed at um, Darren Mitchell's house that night with Jamie. Uh, the, the biggest thing about that is that all those guys like uh, like Alan Bryan, um, Dave Clymer, BF, all those guys who lived in that house, like, went out of their way. You know, I was allergic to dogs, so they were like, you know, we need to find them somewhere to stay. And it ended up, um, <clears throat> excuse me, that it was Robbo who said, like, you can come and stay with me over in Marino Valley. Oh, that's um, you and Jamie went and stayed yeah, with. And yeah. Paul stayed down south, right? Paul stayed with um, <clears throat> with Darren, um, Darren and his brothers. And okay, no, I remember that. You went to Riverside, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, we went to Riverside. Um, Delau and Ariane and the Grinnell were, were there. They were living with Robbo at the time, and we went over there. Crazy time. But I made sure I rode... Um, the ramp on the driveway before I left the day after. Oh, yeah. I've still got I've still got the scar on my arm off the pantry at the end of the drive to prove it. What would have been classic if you got a picture of driving that pistols truck back to California? Any? I know. I, I cannot believe you take a picture. A picture of that. It's like, yeah, that's. I've got there's pictures somewhere of the 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 thing we bought off um, John Paul's dad in Florida. A crazy old Cadillac thing. There's pictures of that somewhere, but no, yeah, I can't believe there's no pictures of that truck. You know what? I, I can remember a picture of grot bags being grot bags with his arm, like you know, like the like the taxi driver with his arm on like the open window kind of thing. I can remember a picture somewhere. somewhere. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where do you guys? You, so you guys were there about three months. So you raced the race against drugs because I remember there's a picture of Jamie in plus from that race. Where was that at? Uh, Palm Springs. It was like, not a national, just like some race they did every year. It's called Race Against Drugs. Um, Christoph was there, TC, Jamie. Was, Jamie got a big picture in there from Plus beating Christoph. That's why I remember the picture when it was With all... Power wheelie out the corner. Yes, yes, on Titan. Yeah. And uh, so you did that. And I don't, did you guys race Phoenix, Black Mountain, or Winter Nationals, or you guys came back maybe before that? I don't think I don't think I did that on Titan. I remember doing that one. So yeah. yeah. When Christoph is back, I remember doing that one. Right. Um but yeah, the that kind of turned me into even more like the the twin palms thing and um that we had a good night, me, Jamie Cropbags and Jay Lomigan at Twin Palms. Um we had a yeah. Shout out to Jay if he ever listens to this. He'll know what we're talking about. We had a good night at Twin Pounds, but that kind of turned me into a a, a kind of a, a bike rider. That brought fun. Like I was already having fun, but that was even more fun. Like going yeah. around sheep, like sheep. Um, there were some little trails um, in Riverside, Marino Valley. Um, 
and uh, twin palms, stuff like that. You know what Roma was like then on the Auburn days, if you know what I mean? Uh, like that, that that section through the middle at twin palms and stuff like that, those those turn downs and stuff that just like absolutely the best time. Who else did you meet out there during that trip? Um Robo went through quite a difficult time because he was on like obviously he was on the firm, the Auburn <clears throat> excuse me. The um the Auburn thing and that kind of folded in that three months I was there. Um and then um Hyper came along, Clay what's his name? The guy from Hyper, I can't think of his name, the original Hyper guy. Yeah, Clay Gold- Goldsmith, I think it is. That's it, yeah, yeah. So that was hooked up. Um, I think he had a. I think he rode a Holmes in between that in that stage. I remember a lot of a lot of bike changing going on. I remember he was stressed out at the time. I think that's why we kind of I ended up kind of coming home um, young and inexperienced of life, not knowing the tensions. Like, are we going riding bikes? Are we going riding bikes? Um, he was he was like really cool at that point. You know, took us in. He used to like load us up in his truck and take us wherever he was going. But obviously then. The, the Auburn thing folded and um, he was having a tough time, which I didn't realise and uh, probably stressed him out a little bit more. But I uh, know I was like eternally like grateful for, for what he did on that on that first trip to America. He was absolutely amazing. Um, and, and we kind of, we're, we're, I've not spoken to him for a long time, but we, we had a good friendship, I would like to think, definitely. Yeah, no, definitely, Rob. He's a good guy, and obviously all yeah. the great things he's doing now with Neil and Colt is... Uh, yeah, yeah that's, that's real cool. Yeah, pretty good bad. guys. Pretty bad to see that. What about... Uh, you didn't tell us tell us about when you won the Worlds in Norway then. So you battled with uh, Vincent Allier, not Thomas Allier, Vincent Allier, guy that yeah. you race with, another one of those French guys that you wouldn't know unless he was a European guy and on the circuit at the time. It's super fast, and he got second behind yeah. you the Europeans that year and then he whole shot at that world's main and it was a bit of a showdown but going in between you and uh, Justin Green who had never met up until that point right so tell us about that um like Norway was like that kind of um we gone there I remember some of the things I remember about Norway that I, I, I shared a, <clears throat> I actually shared a room with uh with Rob Indri oh you did yeah yeah, yeah. which know. was which was uh which is a great memory um, of him emptying his whole kit bag every that's five minutes. stressing you. I can't believe you still yeah. won staying yeah. in the room with him. Um, no, that's what I mean. And that, that, that's kind of when you think back. It um, is stressed. <laughs> I, think, I think his stress made me laugh that much that I, I kind of kept me relaxed. Right, right. Um, I seen a picture not long ago of, of a, like the whole Team UK stayed in that hotel. And I was like, you know, like from that era, like dads with crazy shirts on and all kinds of stuff. It's quite cool. It was a good world, wasn't it? Though, I mean, it yeah, was it was like, really good. I, I think when, you, when you look at those pictures, the crowd is absolutely unbelievable. And and I don't, I don't know about you, but like I have, I I have to talk about that with younger kids now, of like especially with that, obviously the the national uh, cycling centre. I like that indoor arena kind of thing where it seems everything's like really close to stands and you know we did I didn't think about that then when you was on the gate for like a, a Euro final or a world final did you look out and go holy shit look how many people's out there I never did that I did a little I did, by the main I already kind of got used to it but I did during the weekend for sure I mean every world's I would always have a good look at and I think we'd go back and study the video so much as well won't we so we'd kind of yeah. 
kind of knew what was coming up, you know. But Norway definitely because it was a very it was kind of a smallish track at least on today's terms. Do you remember that stand? That stand down the second straight, how big that was and how many people was in it. it was all the like, way around. Yeah. I mean, there was bleachers stands all the way around that track, so everything was very and then that track's still there, very enclosed. So yeah, you can Well, we went back there. We went back there, remember? Yeah, another good trip we got to talk about <laughs> or not talk about. Um 93, me you and Jamie. Yeah. That old company did us proud right there. Yeah. Um, the that that world is just like at that point I was in that in that kind of that zone of where like I didn't notice that. I just uh, the only thing I remember from that was 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 knowing who Brian was right. and seeing seeing him walk on the roof of the hotel with Keith Mulligan going, oh my god, there's Brian Foster, and, you know, and then. I remember waiting. I went back to the track to watch um, USA practice and his first lap of the track, he rode off the start, went off the lip of the first double, wall rode the bricks on the side of the jump on the first double, jumped, stepped down into the first turn, rode around the first corner, hit that double out the first corner and did like the biggest no foot can can you've ever seen in your life. And I was just like, oh my God, he's real. Right. It's like, (laughs) He, he's he's landed. He, he's everything what I've what I've seen in magazines and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, just I've got on. Yeah, that that race just just went. So many races for me just was like at the end of it all. It was just like, well, how did that? How did that happen? Kind of mm-hmm. no real, no real. Just a a kid riding a bike fast um, and. And just doing it, and it was weird, it was really weird. When I think back now, it's like, no, I, I don't remember. Later on, it was like the psyching up kind of thing, and the mind games, and the, the, the training, and the preparation. You know, I think once you sign your name on a dotted line, that's when it, it gets more serious, but it definitely wasn't that then. I remember winning that, and um, yeah, Brian, was it Brian Dason, maybe? Mr. Angus. Yeah, yeah, someone, he, he, he he was at the finish line for some reason. I remember jumping off a bike, like going nuts when I come across the finish line. Um, and he was the first person who threw his arms around me, which is He might have been like team manager or something yeah, at the time. Yeah. There's a lot, lots of different team managers when it came to Worlds. Yeah. yeah, I think he was like chef to keep or something like that. And then um, about an hour later, um, I remember Jeff Murray coming up to me and just giving me like a, <laughs> you know, giving me a, 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 a bonus for it. And I was like, what's that for? He's like, here you go, sing it. But like, what's that for? I don't, you don't need it. I remember him saying something like, uh, it's like, uh, it's ice cream money, something like that. And I was like, all right, okay. So um, how much was it? Um, I possibly couldn't disclose that information. <laughs> was it ice cream uh, kind of money or, or more? No, no. It'd be the biggest ice cream you've ever seen. No, it's probably like, I don't know, it's a, you know, a few hundred quid maybe. Yeah, that's a lot of money like, back then for yeah, a 16-year-old. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's what, that's kind of where it. You know, the year after that, it was ABA Grands waving mum away, um, driving across the country in Pistol Pete's ABA National Number One Pro Truck. <laughs> so let's um, before we finish this little stink tough, maybe we'll go into uh, one question that everybody asks, and we can get more into it when we do a part two, the training. I, and I think, and I was, I was thinking back to some of those European races and I'm, what they do now, they're resting, they've got the feet up. I mean, we would go to Europe and we would literally ride around for two or three days before the race till 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, one o'clock in the morning. 
every oh. night, just nonstop riding around, just touristing around, having fun, looking for, you know, places. Just we were just on our bikes all the time, and then we'd race, you know, big races, European slag on. So everybody always asked me what kind of um, training did, did did you do or not do? Was it just riding your bike, or was you doing uh, the other stuff as well? That, yeah, that um, like everyone has this perception that like I was a a non-training bike racer, like kind of the the training what what I consider training. What I did when I was before I signed on a dotted line was you know riding riding a BMX tracks racing three times a week, riding with my friends in the woods, um, just being active and and learning you know how to be a bike rider. Later on. It, it you know it became more on the road for for kind of a son. They were the first kind of people who who kind of got into the coaching training kind of um, kind of stuff, uh, and that's when I got into that. Like I I trained I trained hard. Like I was I had, like I said before, like one of my old um, friends who used to ride bikes in the eighties became my strength and conditioning coach. I had. Uh, a strict like strength conditioning program three times a week. I do sprints, uh, do track sessions, um, and, and like I was a no one does it anymore. But I was a lover of like kind of building building that building that engine in the off season. Like yeah. a lot of a lot of um, like cross country. I love cross country mountain biking. Just absolutely love it. I used to like. In the off season, mountain biking is for mud. You know, you know what I'm like. I don't like getting muddy. Right, yeah, mountain, yeah. yeah, mountain biking. Uh, I like getting muddy. I had like circuits set up, like you know, 20 mile circuits, 30 mile circuits. I'd go out and do that like twice, three times a week. Um, summertime, I'd be out on the road bike, or all that kind of stuff. I I worked. I worked hard, and people just some seem seem to have this perception that I didn't. I didn't kind of do anything at, at that level. You know, when I when I turned pro, if you like, like I turned pro, like when Bass, Wilco, you, you were kind of midway through, they were like, they were the, the stage up, if you like, from you. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> you don't, I remember my, one of my first European rounds at Dutingham in Holland. I remember leaving that race thinking, holy shit, I need, I need to do something here. You know, my, my technique is no longer gonna <laughs> gonna get me through this. I need to be bigger. I need to be stronger. But I mean, I that to... was when you came in. That's when Thomas. So like, there was this is just just for the people that are listening. There's you got Wilco Grunendal, you know, numerous times European and world champion. Bastabeva, Rob Bolton, uh, and you got oh, the God, French man. guys. You got kind of some of them are fading in and out. But you got Claude, Xavi, Eric Minosi, um, the, the new kind of Englishy mid school, which was you know Neil. Me, yeah, exactly. Jamie, and then yeah. you and Thomas Allier came in. And I know there's a whole, you know, Peter Dose. There's people that kind so of you, same as you. You you went in. You went in that era where like the likes of Claude Xavier, all yeah, those guys. Yeah, you probably were missed there. them guys, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I, I just missed those guys. But then you, like, following on from those guys, like Bass, Wilco, um, and then you guys after that. I came in underneath that. And it was just like right. the biggest shock. You know, I'd just been a kid who rode my bike in the woods, like one bike races <clears throat> by just, you know, being, being good technically, never having to train thinking, you know, being that smart ass kid going, I don't have to train. I don't have to go to the gym. I remember that induction into that class going, Oh my God, I couldn't be any, any, any further away from it. 
Um, and from that point, I, I worked. I worked really, really hard. You, if you don't work hard, then you don't, you know, you know how it works. If you don't work hard, you don't, you don't get, you don't get anywhere in that kind of, in that kind of class. So, yeah, it was, um, I enjoyed that. I, that's the kind of thing we'll try and pass down to, to bike riders who I work with now. You know, that's, you've got to enjoy that as much as what you're riding the bike. You know, you've got to enjoy going to the gym, the sprints, the pain, all that kind of stuff. You know, you've got to turn it into some kind of enjoyment. The enjoyment is the <clears throat> is the end result. You know what coming across the finish line. That's what makes it. That's what makes it enjoyable. But if you don't do it, then it's it's not enjoyable. I know it's pretty crazy to to say that because I'm a bike rider and the bike riding should be fun. But you know, you've probably got a lot of access as well. Like say you got on Sun. I remember you. You'd go out and do training camps with them guys. You'd oh like, God, yeah. Guys would go hiking and you'd come back with mountain bikes and road bikes and. I was speaking about this to my wife the other day saying like the, the first time <clears throat> I went away with Sun, we went up, um, obviously Sun was in, in the south of France, a place called Saint-Gaudens, like in the foot of the Pyrenees, and we went away there, and, you know, just like Francois Gachet, or you know, just the, the most insane kind of kind of set up like we, we were up in the mountains with the whole this like whole like like kind of hotel but kind of like ski kind of resort hotel but uh, and just you know mountain bikes road bikes we'd be out on road like road bikes like uh, jill sanders like one of the top um, cross-country guys miguel martinez like like just you know olympic miguel martinez olympic gold medals cross-country yeah, little little it was little dude, wasn't it? Little big yeah, mig, yeah, little yeah. mig or something they called yeah, it. Yeah. Did he win it like twice maybe? I think so, yeah. Like all those all those guys, like you know, and then like obviously like Ancaro, um, Cedric Garcia, like Christoph uh, Thomas like Thomas I think Thomas was yellow more than green at that point. Like Carmine, um John Christoph, Christoph, John Christoph Chakar. Yeah, like just absolutely insane. Yeah, you know, just well, Dennis Kaz, Dennis Kaz, maybe he was kind of fading out. He, he came on GT with us. That was it. Mm-hmm. He went from, uh, Dennis Kazmada went from, he was on the earlier Sun team. He was on, <clears throat> yeah. Kind of before he was on the big at, Sun uh, Dream team. Uh, at Paul Ricard, yeah, he was, he was on that. Right. And then, uh, yeah, then they say that Sun weren't only just dominating BMX. So they say there was Gachet and Ancaro yeah. winning downhill mountain I'd never, biking. I'd never seen a, you know, I'd seen a mountain bike. I'd seen a, like, turned up at this, at this, this training camp and was there and I remember like Max was like the coolest like that that's a story in itself but um at the Italian European Championships in Padua apart from Brian Eden and Jeff Murray cutting the tree down um <laughs> <laughs> that that was the other thing that was where the introduction came from Titan to Sun but I've always been somebody who likes to change colour I remember thinking I'm going to paint my bike green like a red Titan bike painted it green um, went to that race and um, I crashed. Did I? I can't remember whether I, I think whether I doubled or. I, I think Del Tower was injured that that Europeans. I think yeah. um, Jamie won Superglass. Yeah, and I, I I remember crossing the line twenty inch on this like green like, and that's when they went to that like the first green uniform. And I I'd spoken to Christoph a few times uh, at this point after the. Uh, Depeche mode kind of <laughs> moment in Switzerland. And uh, he, he just said, to, like, in the way that he did back in the day, you know what I mean? 
love it. I've been having correspondence with him recently over something. It, it, it's like really cool to talk to him after all this time. And it's like, uh, uh, somebody, uh, somebody I know want want to talk with you. <laughs> it's like, all right, okay. And like you knew who he was, like that that cool figure leaned across a barrier with like the open frog skins on and the, right. the cool hair dude. It's like Max commands and he's like, uh, uh, we we like you. Uh, we want you to come with us. It's like, yeah, okay. So I remember introducing, um, bringing my dad into the conversation. You know, dad's dad's my manager still at that point, best manager ever. <laughs> uh, and it, uh, so the uh, at this point, there was a girl who worked at some called Lauren. She was the only the only one who spoke like clear English, and she was like, uh, so before email, it was fax. Like when Percy used to send the fax. Right. The seat, for those who know, we know. Uh, so it's like, yeah, we'll. Uh, we, we make arrangements, and so like two weeks later, a fax comes through, praying tickets to fly into uh, Toulouse Airport. Um, next thing, we're sat in the some factory in Sangadens. Um, Max is looking extra cool with his feet on the table in his office, and and it, 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 it the shit went down from there pretty much. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. No, and then you, you you went from again. That's kind of when you're transitioning into. Into Superclass, uh, which is uh, elite now for the, anybody younger, the younger crowd listening to this. Maybe this is a good time to press pause on this, Dylan, and then maybe, um, like sure. I say, we've got so many questions on Facebook, um, over 200. Uh, not all questions, but a lot of, um, yeah, people speaking well of you and, and some good comments and stuff. I know, I'm blown away. For everybody out there, I'm absolutely gobsmacked at the stuff that's that's come out. So yeah, and I don't want to just blow through them real quick. I think it's there's some really good questions, and Dylan can give us some more insights. So maybe this is a good time to press pause on part one, and then we'll come back in a couple of weeks and uh, and do part two. What do you think? Yeah, cool. Yeah, I'm I'm happy with that. I'm uh, my, I'm emotionally drained at the minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's tired. It's, it's late in England now, and Dylan's got three kids, and uh, yeah, it's uh, yeah. Let's uh, instead of going through it quick let's come back and do a part two so all right we'll do that for now folks so thanks for that one dylan and uh we'll catch everybody uh part two and uh, hopefully uh pretty soon great to speak to you man i'll uh, i'll speak to you soon all right mate we'll talk later see ya take it easy bye bye bye